Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. And welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. This episode is focusing on menstrual cycles, periods, including the common questions young people ask about being prepared for their first or any time period. To help talk about this topic, I invited a previous guest, and her name is Caitlin McGuire. She's the creator behind Bloody Awesome. And Caitlin, would you like to say hi to our listeners? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be back on the podcast. Well, I, I am so excited that I sent you this email. Like, would you please come back and talk more about menstrual cycles and stuff? And you're like, yes. So I love that we've connected. And I'm so happy to see all the work that you're doing to help people have more of a positive outlook on their menstrual cycles. So before we jump into like what a lot of young people wonder about for menstrual cycles, do you mind telling us a little bit about your background? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Caitlin. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Lori. I'm just so excited to be here. Um, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and I studied marketing management and women's studies at UW-Madison, where I exited and entered the world of digital marketing. And being in that world, it was interesting and I enjoyed what I was doing, but I, I just kept coming back to that women's studies background and how much I wanted to do something to promote period positivity and start normalizing periods, specifically first periods. And that's when I started Bloody Awesome. So Bloody Awesome is my company. It's my baby, my passion project. Um, and our work really focuses on one hand, first period parties. So we provide supplies in order to throw a first period party to celebrate and normalize that first period. And then on the other hand, we also do period talk classes, which is basically a menstruation 101 where we go over all the things we're not talking about in schools, basically. So we go deep on what is your menstrual cycle? What can you expect? What will you feel? How do you use period products? So on and so forth. So I'm really focused on that education component and that celebration aspect as we think about normalizing, celebrating, and really talking about periods in such a positive light. I heard you say two words, normalizing and then positive. So would you mind explaining what you mean by that as they refer, those two words refer to periods? Yeah, for sure. So I think the normalization conversation has been one that's been happening more and more in recent years. And just let's talk about it. I feel like even when I got my period, which was about, I don't know, 15 some years ago, uh, we weren't talking about it. It was very hush hush. It was hide your tampon when you go to the bathroom. It was shamed and embarrassment. And that was the tone. And so the normalization in my mind is really focused on talking about it. Like talk to your friends about it. Talk to your family about it. This is a thing that over 50% of the population is doing and having, and, and we should be discussing it like a normal part of life. But I think we need to take it a step further and really start celebrating it and talking about it in a, in a positive light. I think periods are so strong and it's so amazing to me that we bleed 
for seven plus days and we're still kicking and doing things and going to work and going to school and playing sports. And like, that is so, so cool. And it, it really frustrates me that so often the conversation is like, oh, sh- ooh, gross. Oh, don't talk about it. And it's like, no, this is a really awesome thing that our bodies are doing. And I want to help shed that, that positivity and that celebratory light on this conversation. I will admit that as a child, I, I got quiet uh, when I heard my father referred to a coworker of his having a menstrual cycle. And I was, I think, in the fourth or fifth grade. And I didn't mean to, but that's what society taught me to do, even though I didn't have my period yet. It was like, wait, we're not supposed to talk about this. You know, my dad was talking to my mom and we were on a ferry going from Connecticut to Long Island or vice versa. And I was like, oh, we can't, you know, so you're trying to change all of that. Yes, definitely. And I think so many people have that reaction still, you know, like you, you say period and people get quiet or you say tampon and people make a face or, or wince a little. And I want that to change. I want people to say period and everyone just continues the conversation. Well, children that I've worked with, and I'm sure people that you know, they've heard derogatory or negative terms for periods. What do you think about that? I think it's harmful. I think it it causes more shame than is necessary. And it it forces young girls and young menstruators and even adults who are menstruating to, to feel bad about themselves and to feel bad about what their body is meant to do and supposed to do. And I think it's contributing to the negativity around periods and around the whole menstrual conversation. Because I I think of the word rag, being on the rag, and I never understood that one. Like I can, but I can't, but it it seemed like so derogatory, like a rag is something that's not useful. It's something you're going to toss away. So why refer to a natural process of our bodies in such a negative way? Totally agree. I I, like I said earlier, it frustrates me. It makes me like, I I hate that that's the tone that we use to talk about periods because I do think it's, it's incredible that we are cramping and bleeding and our bodies are, are refreshing once a month and we're expected to just continue as if nothing is going on. And that's a powerful thing that there are so many women and menstruators out there who are existing and, and doing so well in life, well on their period, while non-menstruators are doing the same thing, but aren't experiencing the cramps and the, and the bleeding and all the things that come with it. And I feel like those negative terms minimize the power that is our periods. Well, is it okay with you if I ask you some questions that I, I've been asked? Actually, they're from my book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, if I can put it on my screen. If you're listening in, we have this full episode on my YouTube channel, Lori Reichel, The Puberty Prof, so feel free to, to watch it too. But the book is called Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and I have a section that's specific to expecting a period and it's titled ready set go being prepared for your period in different situations so one question that i've been asked is what do you use when you have your period i personally use a menstrual cup but there's a lot of 
uh, products available to um, anyone with a period. So I think tampons and pads are the uh, most common used and most introductory. Um, pads, if you know, they go on your underwear and you can just bleed into them, throw them away. Tampons go inside, catch blood, and you remove those and throw those away. Uh, menstrual cups are reusable. Uh, there are period panties now, which are super cool. And those you basically bleed into similar to a pad, but rather than throwing away, you rinse it out, throw it in the wash, and you can use those again. And so I think there are a lot more choices available now than there were even when I first got my period. Um, and I think you sometimes need a little trial and error to find what's right for you. And there's no right answer here. You know, like, I think it's, it's figuring out what you're comfortable with and what your body responds the best to, and then go with that option. Thank you. In which Caitlin agreed to be on another episode to talk specifically about what every one of those products is about. So when that episode gets released, you know, I'll, I'll have a notice on your favorite podcast platform. So please look out for that. Uh, so going to another question, what do you do when your first period comes? That is a great question. I think if you are comfortable, I would recommend telling a parent or somebody, an adult that you trust. I think it can be helpful to talk with an adult about finding the right period product to use. I would also say don't panic. It's going to be okay. I know it feels a little crazy. I remember when I got my first period and I wiped and I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And it was a little jarring and a little scary at first. And then I sat down with my mom and we bought some pads and we figured it out. Um, so I, I would confide in somebody that you trust and have them help you find the right products and just know like this is this is an exciting time in your life. I think getting your period is such a great check on your body and, and helps you really connect with yourself. And so stay positive, talk to somebody you trust and, and they'll help you figure out the best path forward. I think sometimes when we think of bleeding, it's like, oh my goodness, I cut myself, I'm hurt in which this is a natural process. And unfortunately, I know of some young folks that are never told about this, that they're going to have this blood in their, coming out of their vaginal opening. And they do think like, oh my God, I'm dying. So if you are a parent slash caretaker, please consider talking to your young person earlier. There are some girls that get their periods as young as eight years old. So to have them have information and even to know where products are, if it's in a house or at the school setting, something like that would be really helpful. Because like Caitlin said, I wouldn't want anybody to go panic and stuff like that. It's more like, wow, okay, so my body's going through this. And I was already told about this more than once too, because this isn't a one-time conversation. Would you agree? I would totally agree. And I would also add, because we're getting our periods younger and younger, I think be prepared. So like put a bag of with pads, a change of underwear, maybe even a change of shorts or jeans. I used to always keep an extra pair of jeans in my locker when I was in middle school and high school because I had a really heavy period and I used to bleed through my tampons all the time and just keep it in your backpack. Just have it there just in case so that when the time comes, if you do get your first period at school or at sports practice or something like that, you are prepared and you have products on hand. 
I think it's always better to prepare in advance than be stuck in that situation with with nothing. Most schools, school nurses will definitely have something. So if you are at school, feel free to go to the nurse's office, but it can be helpful and confidence building to have that on in your own locker and, and ready for you. Truth be told, we don't get a message like, oh, you're about to have your first period. We don't get that. There might be some signs in the body. There might be something like maybe there was some kind of cramping and you didn't realize what it was, or maybe your breasts have already been budding and that can be a little sore. Everybody is different, as it's been said on this podcast so many times, that everybody grows at their own rate and in different stages. So, and I love the fact that you say, you know, go to your school nurse, you know, be prepared at school. Uh, that because I know sometimes I'll be asked by a student like they'll they'll create the worst scenario for their first period of I'll be at school and my teacher will identify as a male and I'll have white pants on and the nurse will be absent and all of these like thoughts and I try to share with young people well you can always go to me as a health educator and I will get you a pad nobody will even know there's ways that I just get students things even in, in the middle of a class um, but there are things people you can go to in your school or if you're at camp or if you're at work or something like that um, and I'll even be honest that sometimes when I'm in a public restroom there'll be a woman that'll ask me for a product and we share those yes it's like being a part of a club everyone's yeah. here to support you and most women menstruators carry products on hand just in case. You can always, always ask a fellow menstruator for help. I also, I think a lot of people think their first period is going to be like a flow of blood. Mm. It's normally yeah. really light. Like it's not typically going to be as much blood as you're envisioning in your brain. And if there are no products, wadding up some toilet paper and putting it in your underwear is actually a really good temporary solution while you go find a pad or a tampon or something else to catch the blood that's a little bit more long lasting. But if you're in school and you get your first period and you run to the bathroom and there isn't any period products, put some uh, paper towel or, or uh, toilet paper down there and then go find a nurse or a teacher and, and they'll definitely be able to help you out. But That'll hold hold you off until until you're able to find something. I think most of us that have had a menstrual cycle have done that at least once. How many times? <laughs> In which sometimes young people will ask me, well, you know, like you had said, the first the first cycle or any cycle does it come out like you turn on a faucet for a sink? And mm -hmm. I always say, no, it's not like all that water gushing out. It's not like that. Our menstrual fluids do not come out that quickly. They gradually come out more of a drip in which you typically don't realize it. I mean, if you have a clot that might pass, you might feel it if it's a larger one, but you don't necessarily feel it and it's slow. So you don't have to worry. Um, like I, I have a question of um, when you're in the shower, will your period just start bleeding? Like not typically. No, it's not like it just comes out. I mean, if you're a person that chooses to urinate as you're in the shower, and I know some people will do that, others are against that, it's your personal preference. But if you urinate, you will potentially see some red in the fluid because it is flushing away some of the lining that's in the vulva area. That will happen. But we have to remember that the where the urine comes out is different from where the menstrual fluid comes out. 
And actually, Caitlin, you have a like a stuffed, not a stuffed animal. It's not an animal. It's a stuffed vulva. Um, can you just tell us what yes. the openings are there? Yes. So if you're listening to this, we are looking at it, it's basically a pillow that looks like a vulva. And I use this when I am teaching classes to help folks understand where all the parts of your vulva are. And for those that haven't heard the term vulva, that is what most people call your vagina. So vulva is the medical term, but vagina is more commonly used to describe the external anatomy. So if you're looking down from your belly button at your vagina vulva, uh, there are going to be two holes. The one closest to your belly button is your urethra. It's the smaller hole here, belly button's up here, um, and that is where you pee out of. If you keep going back then towards your butt, the larger hole, that, that hole after your urethra, that is the vaginal opening, and this is where blood comes out. This is where a tampon would go in, um, and that's where you actually bleed out of during your period. A couple other important pieces of, or parts of your vulva are your labia. So you have two labia. The thicker outer flaps are your labia majora. And then on the inside, you'll have your labia minora. And those are those thinner flaps. And no vagina looks the same or no vulva looks the same. So if you're looking at yours and maybe your labia minora hang lower than your labia majora, that's super normal. This skin might be a little darker than the rest of your body. That's super normal. Uh, you might see hair down there. That's really normal. So all of these things um, are really normal and unique to you. So I always recommend taking a hand mirror and just looking down there and familiarizing yourself with what your vulva looks like so that you get to know your body and are comfortable with, with your body and, and you. Wonderful. And thank you for going over that. Thank you. Um, in which I want to, if, if we have time, if it's okay, if I can ask another two questions. For sure. Another common question that children will ask is the question of, say, if I'm at a sleepover and I get my period, what do I do? I, two things. One, I would recommend, like I said before, bring a pad with you and just keep it in your sleepover bag just in case. I think it can be helpful to have your own products and that might make put you more at ease. But if you don't have anything on hand, talk to either the adult at the sleepover, other people at the sleepover might also have their periods and they might have products on hand. So I would encourage you to be open with the folks that you're with. Um, and if all else fails, ask to borrow a phone and call a parent or an adult that you trust and they can always bring you product, come pick you up. Um, but like we said earlier, it won't be as much blood as you think. And so you, you will have time to, to make a plan or, or get help. Um, it, it's not going to immediately bleed through your jeans. So I think, um, I would just encourage you to ask a friend, ask a parent in that home or call a guardian that you trust and they can come and bring you product. Thank you. Now, the last question I'd like to go over is, I really love this question too, um, but the last question is this. If someone asks you if you got your period and I, you don't wanna tell them, what should you do? It's your body and it's your period and you have full ownership over that. So if you don't wanna tell someone, 
you can just say no. I don't think there's any harm in having that autonomy or ownership over yourself and taking that power back into your hands to decide who should know and who shouldn't know. And and unless you're in harm or, or talking to like a health official, like a doctor, you should always be honest with your doctor. But if you're talking to a friend and you're not ready to tell them you got your period, that's okay to have that as a secret with just yourself. And you don't have to share that with other people. That's my personal opinion, at least. Yeah. Cause it's like, when I talk to college students, we talk about what is trust and how long does it take to trust someone? And that as much as we would like to trust somebody really quickly, it's not realistic because sometimes people's true personalities don't come out for months. So if your gut is telling you not to tell, then it's your right not to. Totally agree. Yeah. And certainly for periods, an age that is like more of a mean, like a, a time that's really popular is 12 years old for some folks, but it can be as young as eight years old, but some, they don't get their first menstrual cycle until even 16. If you're concerned about not having your period or anything about your period, please go talk to a medical professional because that's what they're there for. And please don't think any question is stupid because I, I know I always wonder, I'm very curious about things. I think Caitlin does too, am I correct? Oh yeah. <laughs> So please, as Caitlin had said, as I've done, as I've said in the past, please go and talk with a trusted person. Before we end for today's episode, do you want to remind us how people can get in touch with you, Caitlin? Yes, for sure. So you can either find us at our website, which is IamBloodyAwesome.com, or you can reach out to me directly at Caitlin.McGuire at BloodyAwesome.co. Uh, either forms. Also, we're on Instagram at bloodyawesome.co, which you can always DM me on there too. But I love answering questions. I This is my favorite topic to talk about, as I'm sure you can tell from all the rambling. Um, but if you have any additional questions, I, I think periods are really cool and I think everyone should be comfortable with theirs. So if I can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. And Caitlin's going to be back on to talk about all those choices that people can use when they have a menstrual cycle, when they have their period. So stay tuned for that in another episode. I also want to bring up that if you're interested in other questions that children ask, please check out my book, The Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. It has won the Mom's Choice Award and a couple of others. And it's really user-friendly. You open it up, there's a whole bunch of questions there. Plus, the questions have age and developmentally appropriate answers if you want to share it with a young person. Also, a young person can read it. There's, there's the discussion cards in the back. I love the discussion cards because you can print them out on, on uh, cardstock. But I also want to point out, I, I grabbed my phone. I usually don't have it next to me for episodes, but I wanted to show that the book, some of the questions in the book went to the Talk Puberty app. And in the Talk Puberty app, there's uh, six sections that go over basic things about puberty, questions about most boys, about most girls, and then other questions children will ask. And then there's open-ended questions, which is really fun. So if you'd like to get in touch with Caitlin, please go to the link for today's episode and there'll be uh, the links to get in touch with Caitlin. Also remember to reach out to me at pubertyprof at gmail.com or pubertyprof.com. 
And thank you again for being here, Caitlin. Thank you. This has been so fun. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you very much. And to our listeners, thanks so much for listening in and supporting this podcast. And if you can, please go to your podcast platform and rate the podcast. When we have more ratings, that gets actually more listeners. And as Caitlin had said, she's really passionate about getting information out there. So am I. So all these folks that are on the podcast has so much information to share. So please share it with others. And I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.